to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains. Here are your hosts, Kathy Kay and Tommy. Hey, welcome to Stickling on this podcast with Kathy. Um, I'm going to start with the intro, but I have a, this is going to be my intro to the show as well as my intro to my guest because today I have a guest in studio, right? And I, when I used to say in studio and that we're taping up my apartment, it Beautiful was true. Beautiful apartment. No, that was a studio, but this isn't a studio, but this is a stu- this is my studio, but it really is my apartment, but it's not a studio apartment anymore. No, it's huge. <laughs> right. And it's really nice. But, um, so I have somebody here, um, and we'll talk about him in a second, but I just want to give you my intro that I have to do on my podcast, which is if you want to follow the show on Twitter, follow the show at Strict Anonymous, or follow me at Cartoon Therapy. If you want to buy my book, I gave my guest my book, who's here today. I, I pass them out to my friends who come to my apartment. Um, it's on Amazon.com. It's called The Cartoon Misadventures of a Total Train Wreck. I had a girl on um, Twitter, Dawn Burry, I think was her name. <laughs> I wish I, I really should probably get her name for my phone, but she was very nice and she tweeted me that she finally bought my book um, and she's really excited to get it. So that always makes me happy. I love when my listeners buy my book. So you can buy my book on Amazon. It's kind of funny. It's like a bathroom book. It's like a book that I always pictured would be sold in Urban Outfitters. You know, it's kind of like that kind of book. Right, Andrew? Right. right. Let me ask you, the name Trainwreck, did you know the movie was going to come out? No, I that named it way before. best coincidence ever. I know. It's funny because I did not, the, if you look at when I published it and put it on, it's like November 2014. Yeah. Okay. That movie didn't come out till whenever. I changed the name though. It used to be the cartoon cartoon therapy my life with guys and that's why my name and and somebody was like why would you ever use the word therapy and it's such a and and, you know it doesn't really ring the title didn't sort of go with the vibe of the book because the vibe you know right yes train wreck's great yeah the cartoon misadventures of a total train wreck and i love the tagline it's a bunch of love gone very wrong stories and that's really what it is it's just one relationship Story after another, and they're mm-hmm. all horrible. Every last one of them. Oh. There's not one good. Well, first I thought story. I wanted to be in the book, but now I feel like it's better if I was not in the book. <laughs> but I would have loved to hear what you wrote about me. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just funny. I just tell the truth in the book, and it is a true story. I mean, you can't make this shit up. That's what I always say. I love reality TV because I think real life is fascinating and hilarious, and regular people are fascinating and hilarious and that's why I do my show I love picking apart people and the reason why I'm having Andrew on he was a guest he came over just to meet my baby and I was like I'm gonna get him on tape because he's always it's always easy to get into a really killer conversation with you and I think you're you know a weirdo in the way that I would like to pick your brain thank you thank you thank you (laughs) Andrew by the way has been on my show before um, you could listen to his first podcast and learn all about him as a professional and find out how you too can get girls naked in your apartment because that's what Andrew does. He's a guy who had a Playboy show. He has some books out uh, called Naked Happy People because what he does is he's a photographer. No, no what's the naked name? Naked Happy Girls. Oh, I'm sorry. Na- that's all right. All right. All right. You don't get to get guys people naked. People is very, uh, once in a while, but. 
right, the okay. books make it happy girls, and people usually say happy naked girls, and either one is fine. Right, but no, that's a very, you really need to correct me if I give the wrong title of your book. Don't feel bad about that. No, I mean, not that's at all. really pathetic right. of me well, to say the wrong People, thing. girls is different. Happy naked, naked, happy, I don't find that much No, you're different. totally right. Okay, so, but he's got these books out. He's got a website, right? Yes. Naked Happy Well, I use my, my Vimeo page. It's vimeo.com slash Naked Happy Girls because I do more videos and I mix still pictures in right. to so tell little you, stories about what it's like to visit a naked happy girl. Yeah. So if you want to jerk off to his videos, trust me, like they're jerk off. It's jerk off material. For sure it can be because he does take, I think there's a voyeuristic sort of quality about it for, for sure. people that are into that kind of porn, right? Okay. If you're looking for that, I mean, the, here you meet a girl. Total strangers, kind of like my show. I get a total stranger on the phone and then I interview them. You meet a total stranger on the street. Yes. You talk yourself into getting her naked yes. at a location of her choice. Most of the time you prefer to be at their apartment yes. because you get really good shots there. They feel more comfortable. We're not going to get totally into that because we get okay. into all that stuff on your other podcast. Sure. But And then you go to their apartment most of the time and you... Take, they have they take their clothes off and you take pictures and your pictures are really amazing. You see beauty in all kinds of women, mm. which I think is great, <laughs> right? But I mean they're tasteful. It's not like a hustler and it's not Playboy. It's a little arty, but they're hot. And your videos, just let me finish. On Vimeo are even hotter because you really see you talking to the girls and they're taking off their clothes and they're getting naked and you're seeing them for the first time. It's, most of the time it's the first time they're doing something like this. So I think guys could jerk off to those. Okay, I'll buy that. Okay. Yes. I mean, come on. Yeah. You probably wouldn't because you've been doing it for so long, but I think other people would. Yes. So if you want good voyeuristic jerk, jerk off material, go to his thing. But if you also want to see his stuff, it's very arty and it's very beautiful, right? And it's addictive. Once you see one, you want to go to the other. Oh, let me see what the Indian like. Oh, the black one, the Almron, the, the Jewish one, the Catholic one. And it just, next thing you know, you've seen all 42 yeah, and what makes you a great photographer and a great artist is that not, because you see the beauty in everyone, you really capture that. Uh, you know, I mean, tits come in all different shapes and sizes, and you make them all look amazing. I mean, the girls in your book are not like a Playboy girls, right? They're all different weights, colors, everything, right? Yeah. And But they're all pretty beautiful. Like, you make them all beautiful. Although my third book, which is Naked Coast to Coast, had a lot of women from San Francisco who wanted to be Playboy Playmates, and that's where we found them. They had auditioned for it, and they weren't quite up to par, but I, get to I got to pick 20 out of 70, and I went, I like these. So they were still pretty hot, yet not Playboy winners right so se. they were easier to make hot but you have a lot of women that i think like some people would maybe think walking down the street that they're not hot but yeah you make them beautiful in your book yes. that's why it's more artistic yeah i'll buy that and i feel like my eye is the, is good at judging like who would really look good where someone else might go eh, i don't know she looks kind of nerdy and i'm like yeah but look at that body and look at the way she moves and carries herself she will make great pictures right I bet you I could be a scout for you. Like, I could find those people, too. I see that stuff in people. I'd be you know very I mean? happy to have you as a scout. <laughs> no, I have my own shit to do. But anyway, let's get back to this. I mean, what I do is a little bit sort of similar to you. Like I said, I get strangers. You're not a stranger, but me and you would go bike riding in the summer, right? And we would we talk do. while we biked. We, we did. Mostly you talking, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would let you talk back. Sure. What do you mean, sure? Don't bullshit. Yeah, I'd tell the 70, truth. 30. That's totally cool oh, for I'd, you to tell the truth. Yes. Did you, did 70, 30, that's bullshit. 60, 40? Okay. Come on, it's not yeah, 50, 50. No, okay, 60, 40, maybe. Yeah. Okay, or maybe even 65, 35. Yeah, I'll buy that. Okay, but not, what did you say first? 70, 30. Yeah, bullshit. Come on, 65, 70, whatever. Okay, you're right. It just sounds better. Anyway, um, and we would just talk. 
while we rode and you know talk about all different kinds of things and because i like to get personal with people right i would always try to get personal and dig in you because you're how old do you want to out your age oh i'm 51 and a half 51 and a half and you've never been married correct you've never even really had a girlfriend no, I've had girlfriends, just yeah, short periods of time. Yeah, and what is Not a short, more than six months. Right, in your whole fucking life. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little weird. If you want to call it weird, or like, w- that's a little bit different. Yes. Let's say use different instead of weird. Definitely Even different. Even though weird is the correct word. Okay. <laughs> or dysfunctional. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, so one time, and I like to probe you about that part of your life. As a commitment phobe, myself. Yeah. Okay, I could smell my people. I know my people, mm-hmm. right, from a mile away. I don't care what degrees it is. I think you're worse than me in the degree. Of, if we had to put degrees <laughs> to it, you have it more. But probably because you're a man, and men have it a little bit naturally, right? And then you have the dysfunction, which gives it to you on top of it, which makes you worse than me. Maybe if I was a man with my regular dysfunction, I'd be at the same ratio as you. I don't know. This is why it's 65, I might be dysfunctional, but every day, come 2, 3 o'clock, I'm very functional in my own home, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. And it keeps me regular and very happy. Okay, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm oh, you're not. jerking off? Yeah. It doesn't have to do with anything. <laughs> so, because you're by yourself. But no, so let's well, that's stick why to I'm the so happy to be single. So, I personally, this is why I wanted you to talk because I like to grill you, but I think commitment phobia is like a big problem that a lot of people have. I think we all know. I mean, because I am one, I think like birds of a feather flock together, right? Like, I know a lot of people, a lot of my friends have it, and maybe other people that aren't. They don't know people. I don't know if that's the way it works, or a ton of people are. I just happen to know a lot of people that have commitment phobia. So, I think it's like a really good topic. And what I thought was like really hilarious one day is we were riding our bikes, and you <laughs> told me. That you have a therapy. We were talking about therapy because I yes. love therapy. I believe very much in it. And I thought it was really great that you go to one, right? Yes. And you told me that you, and this this caused a big almost argument between us, right? Sure but did. <laughs> you told me <laughs> yes. that you, your therapist, first of all, how old is she? Uh, my age, late 40s, early 50s. Oh, I late thought she 40s. was like 65. No, 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 no. I'd put her at 48. Okay. Is she hot? Let's go She's cute. Okay. Not gorgeous, but very... Okay, and I'm asking because Andrew thinks he told no, me. No, I don't think I know. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is this is what it is. Yeah. yeah. He she knows. had a crush on me, and it wasn't for a long time. I'm not saying from the beginning to end, and it developed like other relationships would. And then after a few months, I could tell it kind of faded away. But there was a definite crush. And then if you or other people find that hard to believe, that's fine. But it's you know a little disappointing. No, and I was like, oh my God, I, I was like almost fell off my bike because I have heard you were not the first. Okay. And you got really mad at me because you found it insulting that yeah. I wouldn't think because you took it personally like that. I, I, I don't think that your therapist is, has a crush on you because what person would have a crush? Like you, you make it a blanket statement or that it couldn't be possible. But this is why I thought it was ridiculous because you are not the first 50 something year old commitment phobe that I know <laughs> who thinks that his therapist wants to fuck him. Okay. I have heard that story from two other people and I'm just like, is that a coincidence or does every therapist want to fuck their commitment phobic clients? I think it's not a coincidence. I think that you think that because you're projecting your feelings onto her and who's the safest person for you to sort of like have a mental sort of relationship with than somebody who is completely unavailable like your therapist. That's what I think. And I think that we could start a commitment issue, commitment phobia podcast let me with ask, that fucking topic. Let me ask you first. How many guys do you know that are actually in therapy? Are we talking 60 or 10? No, like two. Oh, like okay. Three. Well, I, I agree. I do that's studies and they're very small. 
Uh-huh. And then I base all my facts on like my studies of two if people. If you know two other guys that are in therapy and they both <laughs> thought their therapist had crushes on them, I could see from your viewpoint why that that would seem odd. I don't I know would say anyone 100%, else. That, I would say 100% of the people that I know, men who went to therapy, thought that they're, uh, yeah. Okay, well that's Because I only bizarre. know three people and they all said it. All right. Are they like me? Are totally. they good looking and hilarious? Totally. One is okay. like a gazillionaire and he thinks his therapist wants to fuck him. Hardcore. Yeah. I'm sure he wants to fuck her. Right. Okay. He wants, he, he reads into that and like, I, I mean, like what I believe right. is that it's probably projection and I think it's very like, I don't know if those months that you thought that she was attracted to you, did you think about it a lot? When I was not in therapy? Yeah. No. No? Not at all. <laughs> but when you were there, you did? I mean, a little bit. It's how somebody looks at you or acts towards you or laughs at you. you people get, generally give off vibes. The thing that I didn't like, perhaps with you with, with other people, is that the thought that, well, they're just trying to trap you. This is a therapist being so good at manipulating I didn't say you. That. No, you didn't. I had someone else say that to me, which kind of pissed me off. It's like they, they acted as if I was being manipulated, which was so far from the truth. Hold your mic up a little bit like that. Yeah, go okay. on. Okay. Um, I just didn't buy that. And I'm not saying she wanted to fuck me. I'm saying she had a crush on me that lasted, I don't know, a few months, and that was it. So it's not like I'm making this blank statement that she just wants to have sex with me. It was a short-lived thing. Okay, but I want to analyze. I want to decide. I want to figure out whether or not she really did have a crush on you. Okay. Okay? Sure. Um, I want to know what your reason. Like, give me the actual reasons why you thought. There's not a lot of reasons. It's someone... Has a certain. There was one incident in particular, and that is when I went to leave one day, and I'm walking out the door, and it was a day that was probably I was extra funny because I'm very entertaining in therapy. <laughs> yeah. It's like a stand-up comedy session for me. Literally, okay. I'm like trying out routines because comics are sort of mad at life, and that's how they vent. So I always enjoyed therapy for that reason. But as I'm leaving. I like to look and analyze her clothes and I was maybe a foot away from her and kind of looked up and down and I just commented like, oh, I love how your brown scarf matches the blue shirt and the way you tied it around and I looked up at her and she had blushed such a deep red and had this look on her face like, oh my God, this guy I just laughed at for 40 minutes is two inches from me and it just felt like she had a crush on me. And there's other ways that people might look at you at times with something in their eyes so it's laughter, it's the way they look at you, and it's um, that one particular moment that I felt, oh my God, she really does. But don't you think that you could blush when someone's complimenting you or someone's like sort of in your space without having a crush on them? I think that that's true. I hate to say it. No, I agree. You could, but based on the other factors and the way What were the other felt, factors? Like, the fact that she would look at me a certain way and she would laugh a lot, almost to the point of tears. And I know women like funny men and I'm generally entertaining, smart and engaging. And I think she found that appealing. It's just a sense. I'm sure you can get a sense of men who you think like you based on subtle hues and hints like that. <clears throat> yeah. Not even so subtle. No, right. Men are a little bit different than women. But I just think that like like or have a crush on or like maybe for one second, maybe a guy will feel an attraction. But when you're thinking in your mind that she like liked you, right? <clears throat> I mean, you told your friends about it. A few, select few. Right, you were talking about it. It was a thing. <clears throat> Most of the time, if a guy does that to me, to me, it's like a five-minute passing thing. I, it's not something I even talk about. And for women, that could happen 80,000 times a day. Do you know what I mean? It happens 
a lot. All right, that sounds like a sexual attraction versus a crush. Right, but that's why I'm saying you're thinking it's like so deep. Where why won't you think that it was just a one time same thing that a guy feels in that same situation? Because the way she acted for those few months felt similar. The way she looked or talked or laughed, I just got the same feeling. I don't think of a crush as falling in love with somebody. It's kind of having an attraction and, you know, it's not that deep. Right. And listen, and really like this little story isn't even, it doesn't really matter what the, what I get. I mean, I probably sound like an asshole. Like people are probably listening to the podcast and like, why won't you let him just believe that is there? You know what I mean? Like, why am I trying so hard to make you believe that? Your therapist it didn't almost, like you, and it, right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you say or anyone. It no, I know. Not would change a thing. I wouldn't go. Oh my God, jeez, I've been tricked. I. It doesn't matter. You were not there. I mean, it pissed me off more when you, my other friend thinks that I was being tricked and manipulated because that's what therapists do. I mean, sometimes the therapists will say, "You might say to them, gee, I'm not sure if I should stay. It's costing me money. I don't know if it's helping." Of course, they're going to go, "No, you should stay. This is helping. This is why we need to work through this." I mean, I understand that. Therapist will do that to get you to stay. She wasn't doing this to make me stay. It was just a, a crush. Right. Okay. Right. But like my friend's therapist who thought that she was like really into me and him went to therapy together at one time because I was like kind of seeing him and we were involved in something. And she had told me that she becomes whoever her client needs her to be. So she doesn't divulge a lot of real stuff about herself because she needs to be who that person needs her to be. So to me, if she's sort of sitting across from a guy who's a narcissist, this isn't you, I'm talking about my friend, you know, who needs to believe, who has such a low self-esteem with women and is very needy to believe that a woman would really like him, then isn't she going to give off the vibes that she likes him or else this guy is not going to stay there. That's what's going to keep bringing him back. And to me, a smart therapist would throw that out there a little bit because you need to feed that part just to keep him there. And she told me that's what she does. She didn't say she does that exactly, but she needs to be who that person needs to be. And I believe in therapy. It's very good. Transference, which is this feelings between a therapist and a patient happen for a reason. And they do say that commitment phobic people, it is good for them to have a crush on their therapist or to sort of get involved in that kind of emotional situation with them because it is like practice right it's not real but it's practice and they put that out there because then it becomes like your first relationship but then a good therapist who has proper boundaries won't really fuck you even though you all think they really want to fuck you they'll let you go out and find a real girl to do it with after them after they've helped you sort of develop feelings talk it out feel safe doing it do you know what I mean? Falling for somebody. And then you could go out and do that with a real person that you could have a real relationship with. Because you can't have a real relationship with your therapist. Right. Sure. Right? But the whole reason why I'm bringing it up is because it's more about your commitment issues. And to me, the only person I've heard talk about how their therapist likes them is like major commitment folks. Guys in their 50s that have never been married, that don't have girlfriends. Like no, never one girlfriend before six months. Oh, longer than six months? Yes, Correct. Okay, yeah. let me ask you this. Sure. How old were you when you lost your virginity? Uh, I would say 20. Okay, how old were you when you first jerked off? 16. 16? Might have been 15. I'd say 15, 16. That's really old. Yeah. You don't remember jerking off before that? No. Seri- like, how, why did it take you so long to find your dick? No, I've... <laughs> no, I mean, it was there, Okay. 
Like, I mean, I don't know. It just seems like natural human evolution. Masturbating was something that sort of came naturally, and I enjoyed, you know, watching scrambled porn movies on TV. And then suddenly it just sort of happened. And I went, oh, this was fun. But it didn't occur to me, I don't know, in 19, whatever year it was, 64. Move your thing here, yeah. uh, whatever, Whatever year it was, there was not ample porn on the net, or maybe I wasn't so smart to know that, oh, people <coughs> are masturbating when they're 13. Andrew, I mean, you have an imagination. Give me a break. We don't, I didn't use porn to masturbate. I remember masturbating at a very young age. Like, I just, it just happened. It's physical. I mean, didn't your dick rub up on things? And like, you'd be like, oh, that feels really good. Like, I think most kids want to figure out to, how they, to jerk off like a very young age. That I find that when I hear that people didn't jerk off till 16, 17, yeah. that I feel like there's a disconnect there. And that typically, that's why I ask the question. Because sure. my other friend who thinks his therapist wants to fuck him. Yeah. He didn't jerk off either till he was like 16 or 7. And he didn't lose his virginity until way later. Like, I right. find that odd like why was there a disconnect like why didn't you know your dick existed and you could Listen, be I'm jerking off all that time <laughs> all that time in your house stuck with your parents you could have been in your room jerking off having fun well let me just say what this once i instead? did discover the pleasures yeah. then it was pretty much almost daily f- since then so i don't know i don't really know what to say to that we oh. didn't i didn't talk about it with my friends it wasn't something that came up yeah we had playboy what magazine 16 what age what grade is that uh, maybe I think fifteen. Now that I think about it, I think fifteen. Mm, I have no idea. I had I was having sex at fifteen. Yeah, good for you. You know, I mean, you could have been having getting laid at that time, right? Yeah, could have. I was a little slow out of the gate. I was uh, sort of, um, you know, I mean, very outgoing with a million friends and hilarious. But you know, sex is still something a little more personal and different. I definitely was a late bloomer, I would say, on that end. Right. So then t- take me through that first experience. Who was it with? Was it with a girlfriend or was it? Um, yes, it was a girlfriend. I think, uh, I think that was my first year of college. Wow. So you went through all through high school. Yeah, I didn't Did have sex in high school. Did you date any girls? Uh, like one or two. In high school, did I was you still like girls? Shy. Were you pining for them? Yeah, I lusted for them, but right. not like super, not creepy, I mean, weird. I, yeah, I just found women beautiful and sexy, and I had I remember two or three big crushes in high school that like even one to this day when I still see her, it's like oh man, I wish I had gotten to kiss, fondle, fuck, whatever it is. Is you she know? still around? You're friends with her? Um, yeah, through Facebook, you know, at high school reunions, I've right. seen her, and she's still hot. Yeah, she still looks great. Why she's, don't you hit her up? People do that all well, the time. Well, she's married and living in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah, forget that. And her name is not Rachel, so I would not Google that. What are you talking about? Did you just say Rachel? You did? Yeah. I didn't even hear that. Oh, you yeah. want me to take it out or I come? No, I don't care. Okay, yeah. Who's going to Rachel, Andrew, to Joe yeah, Schmau? Yeah. It doesn't really fucking matter. Um, so so you, you had crushes. Yes. Did you have, because I had this hardcore when I was very young, I was very sexually active at a very early age and very curious and couldn't wait to get it on. And I started doing things with guys very early, but I definitely had unrequited love from day one. Like that's the way I set up my situation. I think that we all have this story that we tell ourselves and then we play it out. Right. And so we have patterns in our relationships. My pattern was unrequited love. And that's, I mean, I have these hilarious poems. They're very rhymy and they're that I used to write when I was younger. And every poem is about liking a guy that doesn't like me and being in love and not having it, but life goes on, you know, that kind of shit. And that's the story I played out. Whether the guy was gay and didn't like me or he's my best friend and he likes someone else, you know, it was just like from day one, that was what 
I set up for myself. Now you say you had these crushes and you were very late to the game. So you were from afar sort of wanting these girls not doing anything. Was it kind of like that unrequited love thing where you felt that wanting but didn't allow yourself to get it? I think I was just too shy to pursue it. And I remember one of the girls that I liked was with another guy. So that was sort of out. Unavailable. Right. Yeah, so you were attracted unavailable. to unavailable people from no, day one. One, maybe the other. I was probably just too shy and I wasn't necessarily friends with them. They might have been in circles that weren't my tight, uh, you know, Jewish inner circle or something like that. So I knew of them. I looked at them afar and I had a crush on them, but it wasn't something that I was going to ask them out. But how about, okay, but when you say you had a crush, right? Like we say... Uh, your therapist had a crush on you. Well, all right. Maybe, yeah, there are differences because my mm-hmm. therapist crush was deeper. Well, it, it, it was oh, based... Your, <laughs> your no, no, therapist no. crush was deeper than no, no, no. your crush for these girls. Yeah, because that was based on real dialogue and a lots of interaction, whereas these other women I might have It was had, just from afar. Yeah, maybe some talks with here or there, but basically more from afar. But when you say crush, how did that play out in your real life? Like, what do you mean crush? Did you think about them a lot? Did you fantasize about them? Did you jerk off and think about them? No, because them? this was pre-jerk off. I'm thinking probably oh more God. even going back to at elementary, middle, and early high school. So it was right. before masturbation times. Um, yeah, just, I don't know, whatever a lesser crush was, not something I was going to pursue. But let me ask you this. Didn't your dick get hard and you didn't know what to do with it? Or did your dick never get hard? Like, didn't your dick get hard? Like, isn't that just a nature thing that I happens? think in the morning men have hard-ons, but I don't remember like three o'clock in the afternoon getting a big hard-on no, and no, going, no, but God, I you're very heterosexual and you, you felt yourself pining for women at a very early age. You didn't see their tit and get hard? And no, I, I feel like those two are a little disjointed. It just, the idea of sex or sticking my dick in a woman's vagina wasn't the same as having these crushes on women who are beautiful. Right, but not, it doesn't matter about sticking your dick in. You might have not known that. I think some kids don't know that, but it's just about you can't even help. You see tits and you're wired to be so that your dick gets hard, right? Like that's how you probably are now. Right? If you see a pair of tits, like if my tit fell out of my shirt right now, will you get hard? Can you put that back? <laughs> No, 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 leave it out, leave it out, leave it out. She does this every time we do an interview, and it's always one. And I'm like, just, just one. both. It's the left one, because the left one's bigger. Yeah, well, you so showed me I the left... right last time, but that's <laughs> fine. Shut the fuck up. So wait, if one of my tits fell out of my shirt right now, would you get hard without even, like, without, because it's no, just... No, it takes more than that. Really interesting. Yeah. I think most guys would just get hard. But listen, you might just be farther away from the ape. That's what I say. From the what? The ape. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. You know, a more evolved guy. Like, right. guys are this certain evolution, right? Some guys that are closer to the ape, I mean, they they would just get hard in an instant. Do you know what I mean? They're yes. just Neanderthal man-men. Man. And you put it, they would be, they wouldn't even know what the fuck you are listening to you talk. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Be, th- I wish I had one of those guys here because I'm assuming that that's the way regular guys are and you're a little bit different and maybe farther away from the ape or weird. I don't, I haven't figured that out yet. Sure. <laughs> but I wish I had a regular, because I'm not a guy, I never have a dick, but I believe that guys' dicks just get hard from a very early age without even being able to help it. That I'm just surprised that you don't remember getting hard by seeing a movie, by these girls, by Looking any of that. Playboy magazine, yes. But did that make me want to masturbate? Probably not. Now that I think about it, I really think the influence of television and visual images because the first masturbation was to watching something. I mean, watching... Visual. 
visual, huge. So yeah, I wasn't like, oh, that girl has amazing tits. I'm going to go home and masturbate about it. It was more like I, when I am seeing something naturally, I'm starting to touch myself, and that's where it right. But went. you wouldn't you wouldn't see it in real life, like a girl in front of you at school, like and she gets up in front of you and you see her ass or like the curves of or the her. Not enough. Yeah. Wow, interesting. I think that that's a weird disconnect. I don't know as far as like your sexuality is concerned. Mm-hmm. You know, a little slow out of the gate. Sure. And I would say probably for a reason. And now I can't never get enough. So right, well, that's well, how it typically works. Yeah, maybe yeah. you're a sex addict. I don't know. A lot of those guys that I know that are the same yeah. are like insatiable now, and they're very like whatever. But yet they don't have relationships. Sure, other kinds of emotional relationships. But sex is like the thing. You were reading the ending of my book before, and I talked about how. You know, I, I use sex as a way to get close to guys because I couldn't really figure out how to get close to them in any other way. And I think mm-hmm. that some guys are like that with women too. It's the mm-hmm. same kind of a thing, right? Yep. And that might be your thing. And so what happens when you are wired that way is you have a much more higher sex drive because all of your feelings are funneled that way. If people believe in chakras or whatever, you know, it's like everything's going there because you, you don't allow it or you're not sort of connected for it to go anywhere else, right? So if it can't go to your heart or your mind, like, you know, so you wind up being way more horny than a regular person and some guys think oh i'm 50 and i don't need viagra and i could fuck 10 times a day and it's like yeah maybe this is like you should you know uh, you know wire yourself a little bit more even keeled it's almost a little bit too much i was super sexualized like when i was younger and it was just super horny to the point where it was just like an imbalance you know mm. after i sort of fixed myself it's like I, now it's like a normal kind of horniness i kind of miss that other way but <laughs> this is the way that it goes but um that's normal i think it's like you're a type. I mean, I always say I give unprofessional advice and I, I do retarded scientific experiments. Like I said, I judge my base, my sort of experiments on like three people that I know and myself and then I make an analysis and I believe what I fucking think. And I could do that on my show because like I said, I'm not a professional and I'm just saying what I think. But I believe that everything that you're saying is just a part of this sort of commitment issue and it started at a young age. That's why I ask those questions because I think you could see you know, certain characteristics are the same in commitment phobes that I know. They tend to find their dick at a very late age. They start sexual, you know, very late age. They're all very sexualized at an older age, but they're basically single their whole fucking life. Right. And that's not sort of natural, right? Like you've had, what was your first? Natural for me. Okay, but what was <laughs> your first? So you fucked that girl, right? Yes. Was, I forgot, I, I think I cut you off probably. Oh, yeah, Where did we go with that? Was that an emotional connection with her or was it just like a physical connection with her um obviously both i definitely liked her here's the thing as you were saying all these things that made me think that i realized there's such a difference between love and having a really wanting to kiss somebody because you really like them and then just trying to relieve yourself and masturbate because it's like eating food right so i'm a very particular guy and i i really really have to like a person to want to, you know, make out with them and do all the intimate things. And I don't find that a lot. There's not a lot of people I like. So maybe unlike you at an early age who was just like, oh, I can fall in love with a guy or have sex with him. No, I, it, I was so wired so improperly that I had to not like the person. If there was emotional oh. connection, it grossed me out. And oh. I would use that word. I remember when therapist was like, oh, gross, that's an interesting word. And it kind of was if you really thought about it. Why did I think being emotionally connected to somebody was gross? Right. I had to like find the person physically gross and I would be really horny and I had to like not really like them and not have them like me. Like they couldn't like me. Wow. Okay. And then the people that I liked couldn't like me, didn't like me back. Do you understand? Yeah. 
that fucked up thing. But I think a lot of women, a lot of slutty women will relate to that dysfunction. I think it's a typical common sort of problem. But I had that. It wasn't like I was in love with anyone. No, that from what I remember when one boyfriend, Bunny, his name is Bunny in the book. He was like the only good kind of relationship, but he was like doing heroin the whole time that I ever had. And he was really nice. And I remember he told him to turn around and said he loved me. Like I think it was after four months. And he said, Kathy, you looked at me horrified. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Don't kill it, you know? <laughs> so I was super afraid. That was I had a fear of commitment. And so that to me, it couldn't be involved in my relationships. And it ruined sex for me. Sex for me was dirty. It was with people I didn't like. And it was great for, you know, but it was dysfunctional for whatever, for the while. You know, I mean, sex is still a good thing, though. Yeah. But anyway... But okay, you I, you I know you can like pick it apart like I was like very picky and blah, 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 you know, and everything. But like, we'll get back to the story about the first girl. Mm-hmm. Did You liked her. Yeah. How did it go down that you got to have sex with her? And I, it was fun because I got her to leave her. She was with somebody else at the time that I met her. So it was very exciting to have to kind of win her over and have her ditch the other guy who was rich and wanted to marry her, uh-huh. even though she was like 20 also. Yeah, a lot of guys have that too. Oh, that was so satisfying. They like to get, they like the girl that's taken and they want to get it from someone. Do you have that with a lot of girls? Um, no. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, you're exactly like this other guy. You're exactly like my but friend. But I, I have good morals. I don't want to necessarily just take women away from their Listen, boyfriends. it has nothing to do with your morals. Shut the fuck up about morals. I don't care. I'm not here to judge you at all. I'm here to analyze you. And I'm just telling you that's another component of the other commitment folk friend that I have. Mm-hmm. It's just because they're unavailable. Yeah. Right? That's really oh, all that it is. Sure. So it makes it, it's not about, you're not going in there trying to ruin somebody because you're a terrible person. You're right. just damaged goods and you're doing it because that feeds you and whatever it is. And so I don't judge you that way, morals. Okay. I'll you know buy what that. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. So she was with another guy and you she got was with her. with another guy, right. Yeah. And she was really stunning. She was very beautiful. Uh, she was like a roller professional, professional rollerblader slash uh, student. No, um,. No, very waspy, actually. Oh, okay, uh, anyway, Southern get Baptist. to the sex. Like, how did it get that? Oh. You, did she cheat on her boyfriend with you? Uh, I can't remember if she technically broke up with her boyfriend before we had sex or not. But so you guys started to date? Was this yeah. your first girlfriend? Yeah, that was my six-month relationship, I think. Right, that's what I want to hear about, that first relationship. Because most people would say, and I believe this, that that first relationship definitely sets you up. I think it happens before, and we set up our first relationship that's going to give us the story that we want, and we decided that story way before that first relationship. Yeah. But I'm curious to hear what happened in that six-month relationship. I think I knew early on that it was not going to last. Yeah, that's why you got, that's why you got with her. I think after a month or two, I was like, all right, but I'll stick with it. And she really, really, really liked me. Like, was passionately in love Why with me. Why did you think it wasn't going to last after two months? Because I know personality-wise. There's so few people are on my level as far as comedy and eccentricity and interest. You know, she was sweet and nice, uh, but just not up to the Andrew Einhorn level of, you know, personality, of everything. So, okay, and at that young age, you hadn't really met anybody that did. No, I never have. <laughs> oh, okay. This is another thing with commitment folks, especially the ones in their 50s. It's just like really in all your life, you live in New York City of all the women, was, you can't find anybody. It's almost statistically impossible what you're saying and ridiculous. Two, two women that I thought, wow, but you know, that are on the level like this person is so interesting and I have so much fun and enjoy being, spending time with them that I could do this all the time. This could be, but uh, both of them were unavailable or it couldn't happen. But there was two. 
I'm not trying to sound snobby. You can label me whatever no, you no, want. No, but you, know, you might be one of those people that like find a very, you know, you're creative. Yes. You're probably super smart. Have you ever been tested with your IQ? No, I'm not that smart. No, there's no way you're not that smart. Yeah, no, I'm like 1,100 SATs. I, I don't B, care about B. SATs. Oh, okay. and I don't care about school. I'm talking, I'm, ta- I'm not smart? talking about, no, okay. dude. I'm talking about IQ. Oh, I don't know if I've been tested. Yeah. I still don't think I'd be that smart. No, you are. Okay. Yeah, that's what makes you weird, too. I okay, mean, you throw nice. that in the back. So you My a family little dysfunction, is brilliant. A little like, you know, blowjob from your father <laughs> <laughs> and a high IQ. And here you are, 50 years old, no relationships. Yeah. You know, that's the that's the concoction. That's the that's the cocktail. That's the, you know, the perfect cocktail <laughs> that exists. There, yeah. We could definitely go into an area of family because I didn't have the happiest childhood. And in my house, I was not that happy. And I don't want to talk about the overbearing, dominating, pants-wearing mother. But <laughs> my freedom, every night I still am home. And I'm so happy when there's nobody around because then I can cook dinner at 1 a.m. And I can masturbate and I can watch hockey. And there's nobody telling me to turn off the television because oh, it's the evil boot tube. Your, your mother did this to you. Well, there's a little bit of something no, there's there. there's a lot of that. That's uh, so sad. No, but see, that's yeah. where it does come from. I believe in that. It was so horrible. It, it was imprinted in you for a long time. You yeah, lived but with I think that it's a combination of many things. There's definitely that. But there's yeah. also the thing where I don't have an interest like you in being with being someone for more than a few hours because you're going to get bored and, and go, all right, I've had enough. Right. I'd rather be by myself now. Right, but that also happens with being a super smart person. Like, so I think that's like a concoction, right? So it's a but that thing with your mom is so heavy duty, right? Because we yeah. spend most of like so many years of our life in the house. For me, like you asked me before, like, are your parents all together? Yeah, they are. And so why do I have commitment issues if I was with a parents that were together but like to me they're together made me feel like i would never <laughs> want a relationship like to me it looked horrible what they had okay do you know what um, i mean like horrendous yes. i was like i would never want to have this ever in my life so all i did was keep myself out of relationship but you, you grow up and you realize and you hopefully see other relationships that are very different yes right? but what happens unfortunately is that we were growing up in these houses for how many years those formative years are so important they are imprinted on you yeah. and stick with you so much to this day you're 50 and you're still like have moments where you're so happy that your mom's not there telling All the you what time. the fuck to do yes and my dad too I mean the household just wasn't that fun I'm different from my parents it was a very serious house and I was all about comedy and television and music and it was not that way so let me tell you there's this amazing book called um, called The uh, Conscious Parent it's over there I'm reading it because I just had a baby and it's so important for me to be the opposite of what your parents did. And, you know, there are gener- our parents, gener- like the generation, our generation, our parents were fucking clueless because that was their generation, you know. They didn't have therapists. They didn't believe in things. They, so there were a whole lot of them were messed up and they created a lot of messed up people. Like people our age, like, <laughs> right? I mean, I guess just, doesn't every generation say the same thing? Yeah, but I'm just saying like most of my friends' parents were just as stupid, okay? Like your parents didn't get that you're your own person. You had this way that was very different. And for them, they were probably horrified and instead they wanted to stifle it. Whereas parents, what this person says and what I believe mostly is that, you know, your child comes to you, you're supposed to figure out who that child is, what they want to, who they want to be and what their great qualities are and then allow them and give them the, you know, create that path for them to do all that. That's Love your it. job as a yes. parent, right? Yes, I wish That's I had that. Right, what you have to do. And most likely, you are going to have a child that is your exact opposite, right? Because that's how you grow and change, right? And so your parents, of course, had someone that was their exact opposite. Instead of sort of 
learning from you to yeah. be more loose and to be more funny. They try to suffocate you. That's what yes. my parents did. I was I was raised by a priest and a woman who would marry a priest. Oh, and I was like a free spirit. I can't wait to get laid kind of gal like me, you know, yep. and they just stifled me. They took all my qualities and just wanted to cut it down and Ugh. shut it off. Right. So it's really difficult. So that creates sort of a thing that's going to be really bad for relationships ahead of time. So that's, we don't even need to know your first relationship because what you would do after that is you would set up, you probably have a deep seated hatred of women. That's why you can't find anyone because you hate your mom probably. And yes, yes, probably deep down inside. There's love and disappointment, you know. You never I don't hate the parents, but... but uh, you're allowed to hate someone, but that doesn't mean you don't love time. them. It doesn't mean that you don't love her right. unconditionally, but you sure. can hate her for what she did <laughs> to you. And you yeah. might hate women. And like, this is what I think. Sometimes sure. when you can't allow yourself to actually put the feelings of hatred to where it needs to be, you sort of take that hatred and put it everywhere else because everyone thinks, I can't hate my mother. Like, that's wrong. Like, yeah, you can fucking hate her. You can hate her for what she did. But you could eventually, what happens when you're older is you hate them, but then you eventually realize they were fucked up people too. She's just an individual. She didn't know. Like, I one day realized, oh my God, my mother was like 23 years old when she had me. Like, I would have been fucked up mother too if I had beef. You know what I mean? Like, and I just really saw my mother as an individual and as a person and thought Mm -hmm. like, yeah, she fucked me up and she was all these things, but I was able to forgive her because when I really sort of looked at her that way, you know, but you're allowed to hate your mom. It's like, I think some people don't. And so when you don't sort of attribute it to your parent, because you feel like that's bad and I would be a bad person, then you sort of send it out to all these other women. Right. Right. And you project it onto them and then you hate women and you can't get close to them and no women could match what you're looking for, which is statistically retarded. And then you're alone forever and you have no love. I remember asking you, like, do you have any pets? Like you had one cat and you had a very cute cat story about that cat in the church where you lived. It was very cute. And it's like, oh, at least you had someone to love for that time, because I always feel bad for people. For me, I always had pets because I needed someone to love and I had booty yeah. calls and I had guys and I had crazy relationships, you know? Mm-hmm. But I, there are other commitment phobes that they don't have any of that. And mm-hmm. I'm like, who do you love? Who do you cuddle with? Like, who do you do? Who do you But love? I'm a huge animal lover. I had a dog for a month. Right, it was just too do- much work. Right. <laughs> but every dog in my building knows and loves me. I mean, I do have a soft side and I do love animals. So I, I don't know. I've got family. I've got friends. There's a lot of love. You know, I think that it's like, you know, our parents... Like I said, this new book that I'm reading, and she was a woman that was on. She actually, you don't even have to read the book. You could actually just see her um, on Oprah, an interview. Her name is Shafali something or other. Oprah interviewed her and I, all about how her parenting style, and it was like really incre- incredible. And because now that I have a kid, I want to be the opposite and give him the opposite sort of upbringing that I had so that he has a very secure um, sort of attachment style and so he could have real relationships as he gets when he gets older and not be like me and you. <laughs> yeah you're pick up the mic um but anyway i know that i'm just you're, you've been mouthing to me that you have this story that you want to <laughs> that you want to say that has nothing to do with sex and nothing to do with relationships but you yeah, want to tell it's a good it so story. but it's a good story so okay let's let me just put one more thing though because oh, you got me thinking about the relationships there was another thing believe it or not uh time and money because I went out, you know, when I go out on dates, I'm like, oh my God, wait a minute, I have 20 tapes to digitize, I have three edits to do, and now this person wants to go to a museum on Sunday, one to four, that's time that I need, I could get all this stuff done, because I'm always trying to catch up, and then you might go to dinner, and it's, oh my God, I just spent $137, I don't have a lot of money, 
time is precious and money is precious. And I don't want to say there's a resent, but when relationships take time and money, and man, unless it's unbelievable, no fucking way. Oh so, my God, stop. You just sound like more and more of a commitment phobe as you, the more you sort of- well, I was just t- being honest. That's not commitment. That's real issues, time and money for me. Do you I'm, think that there most people that are in relationships have a lot of money? Like, I mean, most people in relationships have no money, okay? Because most people don't have a lot of money. Most oh. people are exactly in your position and they're all married and have kids and like people on welfare have like have go on dates. Like, I, I don't, like it's such a bullshit shit excuse okay do you actually think that you have let more less time and less money than most people yeah no you're so ridiculous you actually it's almost egotistical to think that well i i I, people wouldn't i do have time but the thing is uh, i don't want to go into depth but my life is very different and i have hundreds of hours (laughs) i know i know that i need to do all the time okay do you have two thousand tapes you want to digitize before they disintegrate you have hundreds of hours of you know all right Okay, well, fuck it. Let's move on to other things. What's your story? Okay, so it's 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 unfortunate, unpleasant, but <laughs> so I I was in Florida. I was in the Florida Keys. I went on a, a really fun journey. I'd never been there before. It was it was to surprise my friend, my thirty year old thirty year old assistant, um, for his thirty year old birthday party. So we had a surprise, Miami, whatever. So five, we went to all the Keys. We're coming back. I'm on a flight at noon. He's on a flight at 1 o'clock. You know me. I take pictures of everything. I shoot video. I shoot film. I'm always shooting, 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 shooting. So I get on the plane, and my seat is all the way in the back. And what is there? Three kids behind me, two babies to the right, two kids in front of me. And I'm like, oh, my God. I just, you know, the flight was during the day, but I I don't, eh, nothing personal. I really don't want babies. So I'm like, I'm going to take a picture. I'm going to do a selfie and show my friend, Austin, that I'm on this plane in this horrible back of the plane with kids. Oh, I know the, I know the, I know the punchline. You didn't know the punchline? That I got kicked off the I'm plane? I'm just going to guess. Oh, okay. no. I was going to... Oh, oh, All right. No. You didn't get the punchline. Yeah. So I'm trying to do these things and I'm trying to make a sad face and trying to get kids in the background. Totally. But I'm having trouble because exposure-wise, plane windows, seats, it's like... So I'm working <laughs> oh my God. and I'm trying... And, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden, I hear this woman behind me shriek out, Why are you taking pictures of my children? There's a child molester in front. Within a matter of seconds, the back of the plane is freaking out that there's a child molester on board. A man, oh eight, God, rolls awesome. up, a man eight rolls up, goes, Sir, sir, let me ask you this. Have you been convicted of being a child molester? Because if you are, you have to tell us. Then I hear other people's voices going, I don't want to be on this plane. I am not going to be on this plane. Oh Holy shit. Within a matter of seconds, my life turned upside Wait, down. The plane had not even taken off yet? No, we were just sitting on the ground. Were you with a friend or you no, by yourself? No, I was by myself. That- <laughs> And I was like, I'm going to show my friend. I'm in the back, you know, and I Did just. Did you have your video going for all of this? Oh, my God. If you videotape no, those No, I was people- just taking selfie stills. And I said, look, woman, I'm really sorry to mean to upset you. I'm just trying to show. It didn't matter. She got. It was like she was holding it in. And once she let it out, got hysterical. Then I said, they're like, I hear her say, what about the cloud? The cloud. Because they were going. I'm going, I will erase. What cloud? The iCloud. <laughs> because when you got. How she, old was she? I couldn't turn around and look at her. I don't know. I imagine she was a young mother in her mid thirties. It's just a guess. Oh my so god! I so you're like erase. deleting it. She's like the cloud. Well, she was afraid that even if I delete the photos, they're still going to be on there. She thinks oh I'm going to be jerking god, off psychopath. to her children she- or, or wanting to kill them or whatever it is. <laughs> now the plane flips out. There's a woman across from me. I see her looking at me with such a horrible look on her face. At that moment, I was like, "This is bad." <laughs> <laughs> and lo and behold, they come back. They they take my phone. Who's they? Well, uh, stewardess came back. Yeah. She tried to 
What airlines was this? Let's set out that airline. United, I think. Okay, go on. Um, the stewardess said, don't worry, we'll take care of it. Well, I said, here, t- you can delete the phone. So they take my cam- my phone. <coughs> Not only that, but you know I have naked pictures on my phone. So they're deleting the pictures, and I hear one guy go, oh, my God, he's got naked pictures on the phone. <laughs> At that point, I was like, Why all right, you're, you're, re- you're kind of crossing the line by taking my phone. I let you. You don't need to scream. The other woman's looking at me in horror. The guy's like, sir, are you sure you're not a child molester? It's, you have to tell us. The stewardess come back, and they say, hold on. I knew it was only a matter of time. Five minutes later, the captain comes back. Oh, my God. What happened here? I was like, look, I was just trying to do selfies to show my friend that there was kids on all over. They go, well. You know, you never take pictures without asking people. And I'm sorry, but we're going to have to take you off this plane. <laughs> so they take a while. I'm like, well, what about my luggage? No, your, your luggage is done. It's going. We're not taking it off. So then I, th- as soon as I get off the plane, they say, look, um, you know you're bad. You're evil. A guy on a bicycle comes riding up, like from the terminal, the security. guy on a bike comes up. Um, what happened? He was very nice. I said, look, I was just talking. I was trying to show my friend. Blah, blah. It didn't matter. So the, then a real bitchy woman came up and goes, sir, you are going to be escorted to the, ca- the counter. We will <laughs> refund your money or whatever it is, your miles. I see you have used mileage, but you will not be able to use this airline and you're on your own. Okay? Okay? <laughs> No, this is not okay. You're kicking me off your airline. My luggage is on. So now I have to find my way back to Newark. <laughs> Wait, where were you in Key West? Uh, Florida? This is Miami because we oh, came back Florida. to Miami. <laughs> so I was horrified. I'm like, I'm going to have to spend $500 to get a flight on a different airline to get back to Newark to get my luggage. Sorry, sir. That's the way it is. So I, I made a few calls. Luckily, I had one really – one guy behind the counter said, look, this is what you do. I recommend – Check, call United, see if there's another uh, flight leaving out of Fort Lauderdale that oh, maybe smart. you haven't been banned from Fort Lauderdale, <laughs> from all United. I called up, like, there's $100 switching fees. In two and a half hours, there's a plane leaving. It's $100 to take a car service. So $200 later, I'm on a flight and going back to Newark. But man, it was a really unpleasant experience. I, in, in retrospect, I wish I had just made a speech because I repeated this 10 times in my mind. I was going to stand up and go, look, ladies and gentlemen, you're all looking at me in horror. I am an artist. I, and then I thought, what am I going to say? I shoot bar mitzvahs for a living. Oh, he, she's a molester. He shoots bar mitzvahs for a living. So I'm like, oh, my God. Okay, I'm a Playboy photographer. Oh, no, I can't say that. He's a Playboy photographer. He's a child. No matter what scenario I thought, I was like, oh, they're going to go nuts. It was a lose-lose situation, and that one moment where I realized, I'm fucked, this woman is just not going to shut up, it was pretty unpleasant. Oh my God, that is the best story I've ever heard. Yeah, it was worth $200. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. No, really. Hopefully, you, if I do you stand could, up. No, I you can could do a blog about it and then out United. That will go viral. But I really is, wish I, you should do like a. You could do a one-person show about that. Like you could do. A, you could get a lot because really the great like that just shows how fucking nuts people are. That lady that was with her kids that yeah. literally would make a leap from you taking a picture. It's right. very obvious. Most people hate babies on a plane. When I brought my baby back from um, Portland, like yes. we flew first class, so you know everyone was giving us dirty looks. Like you know what I mean? Like you're. Sure. Baby and for like a infant, a seven day, you know. And let me tell you, he didn't make one sound, so like whatever. But I get that what how people feel, and everyone knows that. Sure. The fact that she goes from you taking a picture 
all the way to you being a child molester, molester and right. other people were just as like you would think that the majority of people I wouldn't think this because I know people are morons yep. you would think that most of the people would realize how irrational and crazy she's being but yet she was able to find on one plane how many other people to support her psychosis yeah. right to get you thrown off her husband the plane. another couple the guy in six rows ahead of me and the woman across from me for and sure. then all the people that work for United but yeah that bought into it. I think nobody they had a, a sane. No, nobody was sane enough to like put a like just to sort of calm that lady down, make everyone realize you're not a fucking child molester. You could turn around and say slander. They were calling you a child molester. Yeah, pretty much. That's right. pretty hardcore. The thing is, because I'm putting myself in the corner of the frame, I understand that she doesn't realize that I'm trying to get myself. She just sees me holding the phone up, pointing towards her children. Please. And like a child molester would do be that obvious. Right? That's what I thought too. Come on. <laughs> I mean, come no. on. You'd have it in your bag and you'd be walking around and you'd be trying yes. to get up their skirt. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, come on. This is, it's so stupid. And then she's saying about the cloud. It just shows she's psychotic. Oh my God. What about she had the, a husband? Cloud, the cloud? She had a husband? Yeah. Yeah. See, this is my point to all commitment phobes that think <laughs> that they can't find a partner. If that bitch, that crazy, <laughs> irrational, imagine how insane she is irritating to Ew. live with anyone that would be like oh my god what about the cloud when you're saying you're going to delete it mm-hmm. is the most irritating fucking person on the planet and she has somebody that fucking married her okay <laughs> so the fact that you think you can't find somebody <laughs> to date is makes you just as psychotic as her in a different kind of way you're not a child molester but you are right. a commitment folk that was like the best story i ever heard cool no it was worth it yeah i'm sure i got more you always go for, for the story it was worth the $200. <laughs> I almost got raped in a health food store once. And, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I'm sort of, I should have been like a news reporter because I'm like that weird person that will always sort of go for the story, you know, because my mind is like, wow, this could be kind of interesting. You know what I mean? Like while he was like trying to go down my shirt while he was massaging me, I was like yeah. kind of thinking like, wow, it's so interesting that one minute I was outside buying vitamins and now I'm in the back room like getting <laughs> raped, you know? <laughs> and that's my mind is thinking like, sure. this is kind of interesting yeah. in a weird way, you know, instead of thinking like, oh, get the, I mean, and then I was like, oh, get the fuck out of here. And I was like, you know, got myself out. But I love the story. I love stories. Like I wish your plain story was my story. I'm a little jealous. Yeah. It's a good fucking story. Were you, wait, you were flying back with your friends? No, no, no. They were on a different flight. Did they die when they heard? Oh, here's the funny thing. As I'm getting escorted back to the terminal, I pass them on their way to their flight. And, and they look at me like, what's going on? I go, well, let <laughs> me just tell you. How much time do you have? And of course, I did it to them. And they're like, oh, I would fight this. Of course, they're going to be on my side. No way. This can't well, be Because we like, all know you're not chubby. Well, you, you're the I'm, opposite of a chubby. So you don't even, you didn't jerk off till you were 17. You right, barely get horny 15. for even women. Right. I mean, like, really? Like, I mean, come on. Like, if anything, you're like a child molester is here and you're on the <laughs> other end of the spectrum. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, though, um, I can, I mean, you, you feel like I never get excited. Sometimes just dialogue. If you talk about someone, if I meet somebody new and they're talking about like, oh, I always kind of wanted pictures. I never really was sure, but you seem, and all of a sudden the idea that I've met this new person that might want to, you know, get, get naked. naked for me. Sure. Then, you know. Yeah, my, but that's normal. Yeah, that's normal. Okay. Well, but you, that's you, what I'm not, that's what I don't understand why that didn't happen to you when you were really little. 15, it's so long 14, ago, I 13, just can't remember 12. how often I was getting a boner and when and why. So you think maybe you just don't remember it? 
No, I'm sure I got hard here and Can there. Can I ask you why you're standing up? Is it because I'm standing up? Yeah, it's more fun. <laughs> I got oh, Just free. so you know, my baby woke up in the middle of this podcast, so I have him in the carrier, and I'm like, I'm just going to walk around and do the podcast, right, and he'll fall back asleep, which he is. Yeah. So now I notice that Andrew is now standing up, too, and there, I have a big windows in my apartment, and there are apartments right across the way Thousands with windows. Of people looking so at us. So if they are watching us right now, they're yes. like, what are they doing standing up, walking around a table with microphones? Like, what would you think? It's like, there was a movie called Shortcuts, did you ever see that movie? No. It was so good. It was an independent flick, and it was kind of like that thing where, like, you, you could just think that you like know a story by like the picture. You know what I mean? But you could yeah. never really know. You know what I mean? And everyone thinks like people are so fucked up. But like, if really people really knew what we we're doing, they'd be like, whatever. But you could put so much to something to make it like. Looks like you're you're a famous woman doing a podcast. Oh, really? That's it. Yeah. All um, the wires on the table, the laptop. Yeah, um, but what about the baby dangling from my shirt? Yeah, that does throw a kink into things. <laughs> and then you standing up too. Right. <laughs> anyway, it's not that interesting. Yeah. Your story, though, was fucking great. Like, even better than the commitment phobe thing. But, I, you know, my podcast is always about relationships and stuff. And you're not, like I said, you're not a child molester. No, I'm not. You barely are into sex with women. You did say that you were to- too into sex, but then you say that you're not really, you have to really like someone to have sex with them? Yeah. That's like a girl. What the fuck yeah. is that? Song? I don't know. What, what do you want me to say? I don't know. It's a very personal, intimate thing, especially even okay. just kissing oh, right. oh my God. Let me just it's ask you. To- okay. okay. I'm going to ask you, like, do you know how, can you count on your two hands how many girls you fucked in your life? On I my bet two you- hands? What about, oh no. Yes. yes? Sure. <laughs> It's between, I think it's between 13 and 17. That's not two hands. That's your two hands and your two feet. So you could count on your, uh, what are the appendages? Yeah, because people have asked that before, so. You're fucking kidding me. No, I'm not kidding. Okay, so forget about it. Oh, it's 50. No, I love that. You're No, you're supposed to be honest. Nobody knows who you are, and that's cool that you're honest about it. No, that's what I want you to be. Uh Uh-huh. And I have no problem trashing you about no. <laughs> I'm not trashing you, but it just it makes sense. Do you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it really blo- it actually blows my mind. It's as interesting as the fact that you didn't jerk off till you were 17. You 15. How many girls? Yeah, let's go to 15 on that one. Okay. And I fooled around with a lot of women too. It's like you know going from third. Oh, to fourth what base. you can't put your dick in unless God, you really like it. them. Yeah. Are oh, you one of those? Okay, you took my book. He took my book today. I signed a copy for, with him and sent it off with him. Yes. Right. Do me a favor and read um, Halfway In Guy. Okay. There, I read <laughs> the Halfway In Guy or the guy okay. right after him who dick don't, dick don't work. Okay. okay. There's, that's not their names in the book. Okay. Mm-hmm. They have names, but there's two guys that I dated. One back to back. One would only put it in halfway. He wouldn't fuck me. Because to him, once we did, it would be serious. You know what I mean? It was a major commitment. The other one could never get it up. He had diabetes, whatever. But it was always like a fucking thing. And he was another guy who was like 60 and never had a fucking relationship. So, you know, it's like, come on. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. It's bullshit. You're one of those. Because commitment phobes, they think. I remember I had to read this book. And it was so great. It explained to me why. Because you could get really fucked in the head when you think like a guy won't fuck you. Or they have this weird thing with sex. But guys, you know, there is a type of guy that's super commitment phobic. That would think that sex equates intimacy, right? And is a closeness, actual sex. Meaning put the dick in the vagina. So they won't do that with a girl. Because that it's like a mind fuck for them. So that's why you'll fool around with girls. But like that real sex thing. You've only done it with what? 13 girls in your whole life? Between 13 and 17. What do you mean between 13 and 17? Like, you can't count that high in your life. You have to know the actual number. No, it's because not that hard. I have more fares abroad when I travel. That's like, so I don't always remember. In Barcelona in 2002. Okay, know, so like there that. might be four extras, what you're saying? Yeah. Okay, and all those girls you had to like. Yeah, that's weird. 
No, you know what? When you say that, I was thinking, no, there is something to be said, and maybe that's why overseas I'm not going to fall in love with somebody in an afternoon. And I've had affairs with people that I just met. Let me tell. So, let me ask you this: After you finally have sex with the girl, how many repeat performances do you have? Do most of those girls you ever see them again? Well, that's a good question. Um, yeah, very few. We could sit down. He's sleeping. Okay. Yeah. I like standing. It's fun. I know. It's fun, right? Yeah. Very few? Yes. Have you say that I've had sex with again yeah, beyond that's that? Interesting yeah, very too. few. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of affairs in there. Yeah, because once you do it, and then you're like, it's, it's too much. You don't want to go any deeper. Right. You, you need you're to keep women. You're also leaving in a day need, to go back to the United whatever, States Whatever. Yeah, of course. But you, you just, you're just so, I, I really think it comes down to this. Your mother was just so wretched and against you and really stifled who you were that you don't want any woman to be close to you. Was your mom like um, overly affectionate or overly attentive to you or overly trying to be close with you? No, middle of the road. Middle of the road? A lot of love and support, a lot of work. Do this, do this, do this, take out the trash, clean your room, um, help me into the car, and we right. love it you It might lots. be very stifling. Like the way your mom was, was very, it was very heavy on you, right? So it that probably feels that way she when can't. a girl gets close to you. It would feel that way. You would start to feel that physically. You wouldn't know why, but it would, be, it would happen. That's what I believe. And that's why I think, are you still seeing that therapist? No, I just stopped about a month ago because I couldn't afford it anymore. Oh, really? It was just really? too much money, yeah. I miss it. I liked it. And it helped. I really enjoyed it while I did it. Um, but, and she was really nice about it. You, if you want to think that the therapists are manipulative, you would think she'd say, no, 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 you really need to stay. It's going to benefit you. She's like, I understand that therapy is a luxury, and I completely understand. And if you want to come back, I'll try to fit you in. And if not, good luck. I, I, so I really like her for saying that. Right. No, that's very cool. You had a yeah. good therapist. They're, they're hard yeah. to find. I just think that you should stay in therapy, and you should try to figure it out. Because I would think you're 51 and a half. Yes. Right. And I would think that that therapist, how long did you see her for? How many years? Uh, off and on two years. Right. I think you're still commitment phobic. I think because you still see, you don't see through your stuff. You still see your stuff and you're using it as excuses. Like you're not like, oh, this is what I do and you know the reason for it. You're still like saying this is what I do because I'm too busy and whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you, so you still have work to do before you'll have that relationship. And I wish for you to have that relationship because everyone needs like love in their life, I think, yeah. and stuff. And to be open is a much more natural way to be. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that's really healthy for people. And I think some people, they'll keep that away from them because of stuff that was put on them when they were younger. And that's sad. Sure. And unfortunately, it does take a lot of work to get that off of yourself, to be open to having what most people have and, and what's good for you, you know, and what could be good for you. Um, but I hope that you could get that. And I just think, though, that you'd probably need to spend more time in therapy or just change your way of looking at things. Maybe one day you will get lonely or you will want. So I think when you get older, you know, sometimes it's just more conducive to have a partner because what else are you going to do? You know, kind of thing. When you're younger, it's like, oh, my God, way easier to be single and be alone because you're out and about and doing stuff. But maybe when you're home alone all the time. I just had a podcast with someone else that we were talking about that exact thing. Like when you're just older, it's just like maybe you want someone to travel with or you just want someone for companionship, you know, because you're not out and about so much. I don't know what it's going to take for you to make that shift for you to sort of, you know, create that change so that you could attract somebody or, and, or have that in your life. But, mm-hmm. you know, I hope that for you because I think that it's actually a much better way to be. I think you're keeping yourself in something. I think that about myself and that's why I've done a lot of work to try and change that. Do you understand? I think if I could have kind of an open relationship or someone that I could have sex with 
once or twice a week and still be able to pleasure myself on the side. Oh my God, stop. You, this is, that is the most ridiculous thing you just said because you just <laughs> cop to the fact that you barely fuck anyone, yep. that you you have to be in love, that you barely ever find anyone that you're interested in, yet you want an open relationship where you could fuck other people. No, where no, no, are no, no, all no, these no. people was, that you're interested in? No, that I can like masturbate. Girls don't that. care if you masturbate. They don't? What if it means sex with them once a week and then five days I'm doing Who, other things? It's okay. You can that's find okay. a girl that's a little closed off. Like, oh, listen, girls your you age... Girls your age are in menopause. They don't want to have sex that much. They'll be very happy to have a guy like you that's not pressuring them for sex all the time, that just wants to fuck them once a week and they could do it because their vaginas are dried up oh. and sex is painful. What if they're 38? Because I don't want someone no, my age. No, it's not going to. It's not going to. No, okay. 38, they're still very horny. It's okay. like your most horniest, if anything. Mm. No, like in their 50s. Why? Women nowadays look really good. They do. They do. Yeah. Case in point. Catholic yeah, thank you. But I mean, like, but all my friends do too. Like nowadays, it's not like 40 year old women aren't like what it used to be. Even 50 year olds. Are fit, sure. You know what I mean? My body still looks killer. You could keep your body in good shape and with little Botox and stuff. And nowadays, women don't look the same. So to say, oh, 50, you made a face. People can't see the fucking face of me, but it was really <laughs> rude as an older woman who's approaching because you're like, ew, like, ew. But you could find a hot, you live in New York City too. You're not like in a suburbia where maybe everyone's a little overweight and nobody gives a shit you know sure. in new york you could find a very right. effervescent creative arty interesting really attractive 49 year old 50 year old who's I'm gonna have to change my cupid because i went up to like 47 so I, you oh my god what's your age range i love 36 to 47 okay that's appropriate but no it should be up to your age 100%. Right. What do you mean, damn? You don't know. You have to look at them. You have no idea. I met one guy. Reunion. I see people my age. Yeah, your high school fun. reunion. Where do those people live? Exactly. Oh. Not New York, right? Shut the fuck up. Wait, I know. Wait, wait, I'm, I'm not going to talk about where you live. I could care less. It's like some middle of the road place. No, it's a hipster suburb just outside of Philadelphia. I don't care. It's still not. New You're in New York City. You're not going to be meeting people from there. It's not, it's not gonna, they're not going to look like your people in your high school yearbook. Okay? Sure. They're going to be different. Just up it. And just see, you don't have to oh, go out I with someone. You don't have to. You can, can find a 38-year-old. in Asian category. No, but I just sex. think that if you're a guy that's not that horny and just wants to fuck one girl and then just do a lot of jerking off, and that's okay because like some yeah. women aren't as sexual as men anyway, mm -hmm. so that's okay. I think you're as a guy that's not so sexual, it's a lot easier to find a woman that's going to match you than if it was the opposite if you were a girl. You're just going to be harder, right? Right. So it's not that hard to find a girl that's going to want sex more than once a week that doesn't care that you're going to fucking jerk off. Who cares? Okay, I like that. I didn't know that. that yeah, get a Girl, but get an older girl who's maybe gone through menopause or in perimenopause and like her sex drive is like weaning and she's not going to go on hormones to up it. Okay. And she's just happy with that because you're not going to change. Right. You're a little disconnected. She could be hormonally dead inside. And so you guys would be the perfect match. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I do. Yeah. This and if she's advice. like, listen, there's a, tons of women that are commitment phobic too and maybe they're afraid of getting really close like i've seen people like you get in relationships over long periods of time do you know what i mean if you found a woman who's just as afraid of relationships as you are and could do sort of a far thing once in a blue but you know what i mean and it could go very 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 slowly right that's what some people need like that are there are other people like that out there that could do that with you that would be probably the perfect concoction for you and the way you could get in a relationship. And there's girls like that that can do it. I believe in Insta relationships. At this point in my life, I would, I just believe in meeting somebody and it's like really great and you really like them and they really like you and you have, a, and you start seeing each other every single day the minute you saw them. Because I, at this point in my life, 
my biggest fear was always to be trapped in a relationship. I w- couldn't breathe just thinking about it. Ooh. I always needed a door out. And my door out was like some, something about them that was really bad that I knew I'd never be with them. Sure. Right? But now I feel very different. Now it's like I want that door to be closed. Like I want to be with someone that I just like so much and I just totally fall for and see all the time and like them until it doesn't work out anymore and then we call it a day and that's it. You know what I mean? Have no you door out. Person? Are you no, in- not yet. I just had a baby. So it's, you know, it's, it takes a little while, but I will because I want to and I'm ready for it and I believe that that's the way that it works. I don't believe that, oh, I don't believe in all those roadblocks and stuff. Like anyone, you find people when you're ready. No matter what, that's what I believe. Mm-hmm. So people that don't have relationships most of the time, it's like for one reason or another, you're blocking yourself. Sure. Right? So I believe even with a baby, I will find a guy yeah. because I'm ready. And it will absolutely happen because I made that shift. But for you, I don't think that you have to get to that point. You could, I, I have a friend who had a relationship with a guy who was very closed off and she just never stopped liking him no matter what. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. he, she, she, he just, she just stuck around and they have like one of the best relationships I know, like 15 years later, oh. you know what I mean? But it went very slow, very, very slow. So if you just sort of, I don't know, I think sometimes like your intention or what you put out comes back to you. You know, if you say and admit to yourself that maybe you would like a relationship. Would you like a relationship? I don't even know. I don't know either. I used to think so. Oh, uh, see, that's the problem. You have to figure it out. <clears throat> yeah, I would, because that would mean that I would really be enthralled with somebody and I'd be getting things back and learning and growing and it, like, it would make life better. For now, it's never seemed to get to that point. I never feel like it's made my life better. So. Yeah, but a, <clears throat> a relationship doesn't really make your life better. It's just about companionship and having a partner and having help. And, you know, uh, yeah. uh, you have to make your life as good as it is. And then a relationship is like icing on the cake. That's what I think, you know? Yeah. And I, relationships are kind of like down here. They're like low level. They're not like a high level drama. Like, oh, my God. I mean, I think when you first meet someone, there's chemistry and you really like them. That is exciting. and everything. But that all stuff will go away. And really what you have is just a friend who you like that you're physically attracted to and you have to see every fucking day. Mm-hmm. It's not. Yeah, I know. It's not so great. But I think there is a benefit of having a partner and having help in life and not doing everything alone always as a person who did everything alone yeah you know i realize that it's actually nice to have a partner and and really and that's what most people do most people partner up and have help the rest of their lives and I'd like help uh taking my groceries from my car from my costco trip she not not only will your girl do that she'll cook <laughs> for you she'll do your laundry she'll t- tend to you when you have problems she'll like that's what that's what a partner would do she do do a lot she wouldn't that's well and she, i have to do that for them too right a little bit uh, girls are girls are less ma- high maintenance than men that's what men think women are fucking annoying men are so fucking annoying men are so much more needy than women it's serious you know what you have to do for a woman and you don't mind this because you're like a chatty guy you're like a girl guy yeah it's girl girls like you have to talk to them and you have to listen to their stuff and if you you're not going to be with a girl that's not interesting because it's like your thing so you're going to want to talk to her so as long as you talk to her yep that's cool and you don't want to fuck her all the time and she doesn't have to fuck you all the time. Like, mm-hmm. it's not so bad, I'm telling you. Stay on OkCupid and change I'm your staying. age range. I wrote to like five people the other day. I've never done that before. Right to like 50. I was 50. searching like atheists and, and Asians. And I, <laughs> and there was one. That Atheist had, Asians. Yeah. Yeah. They're out there. They're out there. Totally. I, I found a profile one that I was like, this is the best profile ever. This woman said she never really fit in. People thought she was a little weird. Uh, she's a bit eccentric and she loves this or doesn't like this. 
And I immediately felt a connection. I said, I love your profile. I'm kind of similar, blah, 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 blah. And let me know if we can get together for anything, any terror, you know. Nothing, nothing. That's okay. Listen, you it's can't. disappointing uh, on that one. No, but you could. When was the last time she was online? Do you Did you see? I did not. I should. Yeah, you should that. look. Maybe so she listen, hasn't been P3 on for three months. So listen, two nine six eight four. Yeah. <laughs> if you're out there, come on, man. Yeah, email her. Don't back. worry. Just keep doing it. It's a numbers game. Don't worry. Do I mean don't personalize it either? But uh, I think I'm going to call this podcast Andrew the Commitment Phobe. Andrew, I thought of a better name while we were talking. I have to listen through it when I edit it. Handsome, funny, middle-aged atheist. Athletic. It's not going to be a listen. If anybody listens to this podcast, they're probably going to stay away from you. <laughs> this should not be your dating profile uh, videotape or whatever you want to call. It. You know what I mean? Like because I sort of outed all your issues. Naked? What? What if they want me to photograph their girlfriends? What does that have to do with anything? Yeah, I mean, please, stop. Let's end this podcast. So, uh, standing up. Yeah, standing. <laughs> standing again in front of all the people looking at us. Um, so, anyway, so, yeah, your commitment phobia. I don't know what the whole point of this is. I think it's interesting. I think commitment phobia is, like, a very hot topic because I think so many people are commitment phobic and have the same problem, especially people in our age range because our parents are totally fucked up and they raise us fucked up. See this little guy right here, my, my boy? I'm trying not to do to him. I hope he has a real relationship one day. I think you're going to do a great job. Yeah. Encouraging, pushing him in the area which, where he will excel and be free and can explore whatever right. that might be. Right, right, exactly. So anyway, so good luck with your commitment issues. Change your nice. thing. You know, one day when you have a real relationship or if you get in one, we'll have you back on. Oh, good. I'd love oh, to. and if people want to check out his website, it's Vimeo.com slash Naked Happy Girls. What about your book? Can they buy your book anywhere? Uh, Amazon. My last one called Naked Coast to Coast is still on Amazon. Oh, that's the one with the hot Playboy girls. Yes. Yeah, you could yeah, see a lot of hot girls. big and colorful. Naked Happy Girls, my really great small black and white one is out of print. So you can still find it, but it might cost you $80 instead of 40 Right. And what about your show on Playboy? It's still on the Playboy uh, channel? Does the Playboy even channel even exist? Yeah, it exists. I hear it still airs when I see people, but I don't even know. I don't right. get it. Okay. He used to have a, a, a show on TV. But you could see the same shit in Vimeo. That's really what it is. It was videos of you talking to the girls and getting yeah, naked in the house. Yeah, short ones, three, four minutes. Right. So yeah. check it out. Thanks for tuning in. I mean, thanks for being here. And Thanks talking. Okay, I'm being honest. Now you could go home and jerk off. Okay. All right, bye. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is strictly anonymous. Strictly anonymous.